0: Hello, (laughs) hey, happy Tuesday, happy, masterful living year too, yes, what a blessing it is that we get to join together in love, opening our hearts to the very highest possibilities of love, very grateful, (laughs) So let's gather together for a healing meditation. And I am going to share from Patricia Robles' book, uh, The Violet Flame Book. Going to uh, share Transmuting Poverty consciousness. Feels like that's up for some people, so let's have a healing on it. Yes. So I'm inviting everyone to center into their loving heart. We're surrendering thoughts of the past, thoughts of the future, and opening ourselves to the unlimited, to the unprecedented moving beyond time and space in our awareness. We're unhooking our mind from thoughts of the past, unhooking our mind from thoughts of the future, fantasy, thoughts of what comes next, thoughts of shoulda, woulda, coulda, allowing the past and the future to fall away. as so we steep ourselves in this present moment right now where the love surely is grateful to allow all grievances to fall away so as we're moving into this meditation just expanding our willingness to have a transcendent expansive experience Opening our heart and our mind to the very highest possibilities of love unfolding as our very life. As the activities of our life. Very, very grateful to open ourselves to this healing that we're calling forth right now. Hmm. So one thing I know about this work with prosperity consciousness is that we do not feel worthy of prosperity if we're holding on to grievances. So we're going to begin with forgiveness prayer that Patricia Robles has on the page 43 of her Violet Flame book, The Joy of Forgiveness. And preceding that, we're going to call in the company of heaven. And so we call upon... The higher Holy Spirit self. We call upon the angels of healing, prosperity, abundance, and harmony, the forgiveness angels. We call upon our ancestors and all that is holy. We're calling for an ascended master, archangel healing in our awareness. As we consciously surrender any grievances, known or unknown, felt or not felt, recognized or unrecognized. I am the joy of forgiveness. I am the joy of forgiveness. I am the joy of forgiveness. I am... am one with the I am presence and I am one with the I am presence of every being everywhere. I am that I am. I am flooding my being and every single etheric record since the beginning of time with the joyful experience of divine forgiveness. In forgiving I let go Of all the effects of misused energy impinging on my life and the lives of all humanity. I let go of the ignorance, confusion and pain of this world. I now know I have come to love life free. And so I shall and so I am. This is the heart center of my existence, the joy of forgiving life as it enters my awareness. From this moment forth, I am setting all life free into a higher vibration with the gift of forgiveness that my Father, Mother, God have given me so freely into my keeping. I am a force of the violet flame of forgiveness flooding this sweet earth. I am the joy of forgiveness. I am the joy of forgiveness. I am the joy of forgiveness. forgiveness. Breathing deeply, igniting that violet flame in our awareness in our heart, grateful right now to steep ourselves in the violet flame. And from Aurelia Louise Jones, Invocation to the Violet Flame, In the name of I Am That I Am, I now call for the action of the violet transmuting flame to be activated within my entire consciousness, being, and world. Violet Flame from the Heart of God. Violet Flame from the Heart of God. Violet flame from the heart of God. Expand thy light through me each day. Expand thy light through me each day. Transmute and heal my human imperfections into the shining diamond of God's heart and Christ's perfection. I surrender to thy radiant light. Take dominion over my life blaze into action the mercy's flame of the compassionate heart expand and saturate within me the wonders of the violet light until I am totally transformed beloved I am presence send the violet flame to purify every cell atom and electron of my being until I am raised into my eternal victory by the action of the Violet Fire and the Ascension Flame. And so it is, Beloved, I AM, breathing deeply. And then another prayer from Aurelia, Violet Fire Prayer. In the name of the Great I AM, I call for the light of a thousand suns from the Great Central Sun. Angels of Violet Fire, in the name of God I am that I am, saturate the earth and all of her evolution with limitless waves of violet fire. I call to the action of the violet transmuting flame and the action of the will of God to manifest on earth, now and forever, an ever-increasing spiral of divine perfection. I call for all discord and activities on earth that are not reflecting the highest light and God's holy purposes to be miraculously swept and transformed by the power of the violet flame into divine love and harmony for the restoration of earth and her peoples into their original blueprint of perfection that was originally intended. Violet flame, violet flame, oh violet flame, in the name of God, flood the earth, her people, and all her kingdoms with oceans and oceans of violet fire until every particle of life is restored to divine perfection. May peace and love be spread throughout the earth. May the earth abide in the aura of perfect love. May the earth abide in an aura of peace, love, and and freedom, I give thanks that it is done now, according to God's holy will, and so be it, beloved I am, beloved I am, beloved I am and now the meditation for transmuting poverty consciousness from the Violet Flame Book by Patricia Kota Robles page seventy. I am sitting comfortably in my chair with my arms and legs uncrossed, my spine as straight as possible. I rest my hands gently in my lap with my palms facing upward. I breathe in deeply and as I exhale all the tension of the day just drops away. I am completely relaxed. My mind is activated and the cobwebs of confusion, doubt, and fear are swept away. I am mentally alert and vibrantly aware. I am enveloped in a force field of invincible protection, which prevents anything that is not of the light from distracting me or interfering with this sacred moment. I feel the deep inner glow of peace and well-being. I experience the joy of expectancy and enthusiasm. I accept the divine truth that I am the open door that no one can shut. I participate in this visualization with the full power of my attention. Beloved presence of God blazing in my heart, I accept and know that you have taken command of my physical, etheric, mental, and emotional bodies. My bodies are now rising in vibration as they integrate with my radiant I Am presence. My awareness is increasing, and I clearly hear the still small voice within. I experience the exquisite vibrations of my I AM Presence and I am flooded with light. My consciousness is open and receptive to God's pure spiritual energy. My I AM Presence responds to my every call for assistance. From my new level of awareness, I now know God is in me And I am in God. I clearly remember, I am one with God. I am a being of radiant light. I am one with the energy and vibration that is the all-encompassing presence of God. I am one with the divine love that fills the universe with the glory of itself. I am one with every particle of life. I am one with the divine plan for planet Earth. I am one with the limitless flow of God's abundance. I am that I am. A reactivation and initiation into multidimensional awareness is occurring within me, and I am lifted up, closer in vibration to the very heart of God. The pre-encoded memories that were imprinted deep within my cellular patterns eons ago are activated. These patterns reveal my divine plan, my purpose, and reason for being. I am experiencing a great soaring and awakening as I remember my divine heritage. I am now stepping through the doorway into multi-dimensional reality. Here, I am empowered with even more rarefied frequencies of divinity. Moment to moment, this radiant light is awakening within me previously untapped levels of wisdom and illumination. I easily grasp each divine thought and idea. As I do, avenues of opportunity unfold before me. I feel a sense of elation as each opportunity presents itself. I joyously seize the divine opportunities, and I feel a greater sense of self-worth and accomplishment than ever before. My life is pulsating with a sense of meaning and warmth. I am now lifted higher into the realms of perfection and now higher and now higher. In this realm, I easily release and let go of attachments and behavior patterns that do not support my highest good. I release all patterns that reflect a consciousness less than prosperity. I recognize this is the moment of my new beginning. I now have the absolute ability to create prosperity consciousness and I do so easily and joyously. I am experiencing my true integrity. I am trustworthy and honest. I am an expression of divine truth. I am worthy and deserving of prosperity and I am able to transform every aspect of my life now. Change is manifesting in my life through divine grace and love. As each aspect that needs changing surfaces before me, I easily love it free and forgive myself for my perceived transgression. I know I am a child of God, and I deserve to be loved and forgiven. As the changes take place, I am experiencing a sense of inner calm, patience, and silence. I am in the divine flow of my true God reality. I am one with the infinite intelligence within me and I am always able to make correct choices. I love myself unconditionally and am grateful for this opportunity to change. In deep humility and gratitude, I accept this merciful opportunity. The divine power to sustain these challenges is continually flowing through me. And from this moment forth, I choose to create a life of prosperity and that which supports my highest good. Once again, I am lifted higher into the realms of perfection and now higher. And now higher. I focus on the sacred essence of my holy breath, I realize that with every in-breath, I extend in consciousness through my external journey, my eternal journey, into infinity to the source of never-ending perfection. With every out-breath, I magnetize the full momentum of that perfection and radiate its blessings forth to all life evolving on earth. My in-breath is the open portal to the pure land of boundless splendor and infinite light, and my out-breath is the source of all divine blessings for humanity and the planet. I understand now that the divine gifts being presented to humanity From the legions of light serving this sweet earth will be drawn into the world of form on the holy breath. I consecrate and dedicate myself to be the open door for these sacred gifts of light. Father, Mother, God, make me an instrument of your limitless abundance. I am the flaming hands of God now made manifest on the physical plane of earth. I am ready to transmute every electron of energy I have ever released in any existence or dimension that is vibrating with a frequency less than God's limitless flow of abundance, prosperity, opulence, and the supply of all good things and my eternal financial freedom. I am enveloped in an invincible force field of protection and eternal peace. I am able to review my life as an objective observer. I ask my I Am Presence to push to the surface of my conscious mind every experience I've ever had, both known and unknown, that in any way is preventing me from attaining prosperity. As these experiences begin to surface, I breathe in deeply, and on the holy breath, I pierce into the heart of the violet flame I absorb the most powerful frequency of the violet flame I can endure and I breathe it in through and around all of the energy returning to me now to be loved free The sacred violet flame instantly transmutes the negative thoughts, words, actions, feelings, beliefs, and memories that are blocking my eternal financial freedom. Every electron of poverty or poverty consciousness, as well as every electron reflecting lack or limitation of any kind, is being transformed back into its original perfection. My I AM Presence now expands this activity of light and reaches back through the ages of time to magnetize into the violet plane every electron of poverty consciousness that is stamped with my individual electronic pattern. These records and memories flow effortlessly into the violet plane and I am able to release them without pain or fear. I feel the buoyant joy of my newfound freedom. As I slowly inbreathe, I continue to reach deeper into the sacred violet flame. As I slowly exhale, this unprecedented gift from God floods the physical plane of Earth with its divine essence. I now affirm with deep feeling and a true inner knowing. I am a force of the violet fire, more powerful than anything less than prosperity. I am a force of the violet flame, more powerful than anything less than prosperity. I am a force of the violet flame, more powerful than anything less than prosperity. I realize I am able to transmute through the power of this sacred gift the mass consciousness of poverty. All records and memories of humanity's abuse of the substance of money now flow into the violet flame. Under the direction of my I Am Presence in the entire company of Heaven, every electron of poverty consciousness that has ever been released by any part of life In any existence or dimension, both known and unknown, is surfacing for transmutation by the violet flame. As each electron enters the violet flame, it is instantly transmuted, case core effect record and memory, back into the frequencies of prosperity and God's limitless abundance. I am a force of the violet flame more powerful than anything less than prosperity. I am a force of the violet flame more powerful than anything less than prosperity. I am a force of the violet flame more powerful than anything less than prosperity. I am free. I am free. I am free. I am eternally, financially free. It is done and so it is. Beloved, I am, and I accept through the presence of God pulsating in my heart that this sacred activity of light will be maintained, eternally self-sustained, increased with every breath I take daily and hourly, moment to moment, the maximum that cosmic law will allow until all life belonging to or Serving the earth at this time is holy, ascended, and free. So we take that breath. Breathing in deeply. Allowing this meditation to reverberate through every activity of our life. We're being requalified. right, Mary's got her hand raised here. I'm going to unmute Mary, and I'm also going to unmute everyone here. <coughs> so I'm unmuting everyone, and so Mary, you can share whenever you're ready.
1: Okay, hi, Jennifer. Um, I, um, I've got that book, and I, I know it's on uh, page 76, when it says, I am a force of violet flame. Oh, I'm sorry. Start over. I am a force of the violet flame. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: More powerful than anything. Period. I want to put a period there. Because when I say more powerful than anything, less than prosperity, my mind just, my my mind wakes
3: up and says, I don't understand. Not that I have to understand any of this, but (laughs) it just. More
1: powerful than anything lessens prosperity. I don't. I don't understand that.
0: Yeah, I think that's a a really excellent question. So, and I wish I could help you, but I don't. Uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, prosperity is one of the spiritual qualities of God, right? So, the spiritual qualities of God: abundance, prosperity creativity, harmony, joy, freedom, love, wisdom, creativity. And these qualities are omnipresent. They are our true nature and our true identity. And they are expressed as rays of light. They are omnipresent. So we're expressions of these spiritual qualities. We are these beings of light. So prosperity is part of our nature, but that's often not how we think about it. We don't think of ourselves as naturally abundant or prosperous or harmonious or peaceful. We don't think of ourselves as naturally being these spiritual qualities, but the spiritual qualities of God are what? We are. We're expressions of these spiritual qualities. And so the ego has trained us, or we have allowed ourselves to be trained by the ego to believe that we are something else. First of all, that we're a body, and that we're not just a body, we're a stupid body, or a bad body, or a wrong body, something like that. And so what this prayer is helping to retrain our mind is that we are uh I'm just going to go back to that um some page 76. Mhm. So the violet flame is part of our nature, it's part of our essence. So the violet flame is freedom. It is that essence of compassion and forgiveness. It's part of our nature, the violet flame. So uh, a violet flame affirmation is, I am the violet flame. I am the violet flame. So I am a force of the violet flame, more powerful than anything less than prosperity. So what I'm hearing you say is anything less than prosperity isn't real right according to of course miracles anything less than prosperity anything that is other than our true identity isn't real it's just an appearance correct correct yeah it's an illusion it's part of the illusion but When we're doing this work, a lot of us were identified with the body were identified with the ego were identified with the illusion. So this is an affirmation to help us really recognize that we have the power to eliminate a belief in anything less than prosperity. So That to me is what this affirmation is, is that I am, the I am presence is a force that is more powerful than anything less than prosperity. And so when we align with the I am presence, any belief in ourselves or any part of life being less than prosperity is eliminated. But I could see where there's the thought, well, anything less than prosperity doesn't really exist; it's just part of the illusion, so why even address it in the first place? Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, mhm-, well, we address it in order to retrain our mind so um, and this is totally in line with with what uh I've been given to teach about today because this is one of the things that we learn to do as we become more and more masterful more and more our true identity we learn to look at the illusion and the appearances and say you have no power you are not real I am of God and I am is the power And it's that that allows us to experience profound healing. So I don't know if you ever heard me tell the story about when my brother had a kidney stone. Yeah. And I prayed about it. I knew that kidney stone was nothing. It was no thing. It had no power. It had the illusion of power because my brother believed in it. The doctors believed in it. My parents believed in it. So it was causing him pain because they all believed in it and they made it real. And they had all kinds of associative thoughts uh, or associations, thoughts that were associations with that kidney stone. But I did not share their belief system around it. I knew it was nothing. And so... I literally, in my mind, I took their belief in it and wiped it clean. Jennifer, yeah,
3: could you do that for me?
0: <laughs>
1: no, I'm serious. I'm I'm entering a uh, pain management uh, program this Thursday, and I just things are a little bit out of control. So, you know, if you could believe that for me, I would love to believe it for myself. I mean, I really want to. There must be something blocking me.
0: Well, let's look at that for a minute, because the only thing that could block you is a belief, a thought. Okay. Right. Right. So um, sometimes it can seem like things are complicated. So um, one of the things with my brother's kidney stone that made it, seem easier, was that he and everyone else around him believed that the kidney stone experience was an aberration and it was temporary. So it was just a temporary experience. There was nobody around my brother who believed that that kidney stone Was going to be difficult to remove, or that it would take months or years or a miracle. They all believed that it was just a matter of having it be passed. Except for me, I believed it was going to be dissolved, disappeared. And that's actually what transpired. He never passed the kidney stones, they just disappeared. So, now sometimes. When people have illness for a while, they have, in many ways, come to make it very real and come to identify with someone who has this pain, this illness, this difficulty. And it's like you've, you've heard me tell the story of the person who came to me who had been a lifelong alcoholic.
1: Yes, that woman who would have had to change her life and her family mm-hmm. wouldn't have helped her out financially, so she she really didn't get follow-up with you because she was, I guess, basically afraid. She would lose her benefits, her secondary gains.
0: Yeah, and, and that's, you know, what it is. It's also just in that conversation with that person, I said, you as an alcoholic, You have not had to take total responsibility for yourself. People have very low expectations of you your whole life because of your addiction to alcohol. Now, if you don't have that, if you're not drinking anymore, people are going to have expectations of you that you've never experienced before. They're going to expect you to be fully responsible for yourself. You're not used to that. Are you willing to feel fully responsible for yourself? Are you willing to make those adjustments? And, um yeah, I never heard from them again, but that – I don't know what happened, so I have no idea. So that's the thing is – um And I remember having this same conversation with someone who had AIDS and was actually living a good life and had, you know, lots of wonderful benefits because they got money from the government. They got government-sponsored housing and all these benefits because they were HIV-positive. And so they came to me and they said, why can't I have a miraculous healing? I thought I could have a miraculous healing of the HIV. And I said, are you prepared to give up all your benefits for having HIV? And when I first started, I said, well, just look at all the benefits you have it and he got really mad at me. He said, What benefits do I have from being HIV positive? And it was really easy because we were standing in his government funded housing. And I said, Hello, look around you. You know, you have a lot of benefits. And you have benefits you don't even know about. So, we. We often get identified with certain things, you know, and, um, it's like one of the most difficult things for some people can be, uh, if in their youth they are considered very beautiful, very attractive, physically attractive, uh, or very, um, strong. And then if they lose that physical ability or if their their beauty is, you know, faded um, and because sometimes someone can be very beautiful and strikingly beautiful when they're young. But if they live really hard and angry and depressed kind of life, their beauty can fade. And they can, you know, look old and haggard and things like that. Or someone who's very buff and very strong uh, physically can have an accident. And now they don't have the use of their arms or their legs or things are different for them. And they go through a whole um, mental transformation as uh, they're working with these changes in their life. And so it's a process of releasing attachments. So the thing for, I, I would say one of the things for anyone to do who has a any kind of a, a challenge, like a physical illness, where um, it's um, very much a dominant part of their life, if you really would like to have that shift and change, start asking your higher self the i am present presence what is it for what is this for what is this pain for what is this physical challenge for how is this a benefit to me what what am i what is the gift in this for me what am i to know about this And begin to, to look at it from a different perspective. Start to look at it as something that is your teacher. And is, is, and you can start, you can ask it, literally ask it, can I release this and transform it? Can I receive the gift? Can I have the healing that's encoded into it and
3: be complete with it? So, if you turn within now, Mary, and you ask your elemental body, what is the pain for? Well, what comes up for
1: me is that it's for my learning, it's for my healing. It's to uh,
3: pull me to the spiritual rather than physical Mm -hmm. and to wake me up, basically,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: to the uh, illusion that uh, the pain is an illusion. And I know that. I mean, I know all the theory, but I just... When it's crying and your body is crying out in rage and you're 10 out of 10, it's uh, it's hard to dispel the illusion.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it seems so real. Yeah.
1: And I know when you put attention on it, you're making it real. I mean, I know that to be true. So, um, you
3: know, so you ignore it, you know, and you ignore it. And it persists. So Well
0: what I would invite you to do is work with the Violet Flame. And now that you have the sacred do you have the Sacred Flames book?
1: Um, I have this um no, I have prayers to the sacred seven sacred flames.
0: All right. Um, well you can start with that. There are the prayers with the emerald ray, the healing ray. What's it called the Emerald Ray?
3: What's the book the, called?
0: Oh, the Seven Sacred Flames?
1: No, that's the one I have. Oh, is that the name of the book? I've got the prayers. Seven Sacred Flames is the name of the book. Uh-huh, by Aurelia
0: Louise Jones, okay, mhm. It's in the bookstore, okay, got it,
1: okay, I'm sorry to take up so much time. <laughs>
0: No, I'm, I I know that it it helps everyone, and I I'm wondering, does anybody have any follow up questions on this?
3: Okay. Um. Hold on. Oh, Carla, go ahead.
4: All right, I give you a speaker, okay? I, my phone was messed up. I couldn't get up. So, yeah, it's, it's a little difficult for me to say it, but I guess what, I, what I'm getting is it. I'm finding within myself that I'm kind of relating to what you're saying. <laughs> I guess I'm afraid of uh, releasing I think I have some attachment to uh to how things are and so i what I guess what's coming to me is that I don't have to i'm mean, it's not really important to just let them go and to just do one step at a time and just to ask to let them go and if I keep asking if I'm consistent in my asking, then possibly I can get there, but I don't have to get there in one step. That's just counting on me as I speak. So, right
0: yes and uh i was saying in uh i believe it was in the living of course of miracles classes last week that uh, one of my favorite quotes from ernest holmes the founder of science of mind is healing does not take time the only time it takes to have a healing is the time that it takes to have a realization of the truth. So this is what we cultivate the willing I am willing to have a realization of the truth. And to eliminate the idea from our mind that healing takes time. Time is an illusion, so how could healing take time? Yet we're we're Fond of saying things like time heals all wounds. But time is not something that has a healing power. How could it heal all wounds? Or any wounds? Who has ever seen time healing anything? Time is a construct that has no power whatsoever. It appears that over time things change, but time is not what changes them. So we're releasing these beliefs that are very strong in the human race consciousness. This is part of our life's work. Part of what we're here to do is to have realizations of the truth The shift of consciousness of the human race. I don't know if that answers your question.
3: I think
4: it's just, I don't believe it. I don't, for some reason, what's coming up for me is it. Whatever you're speaking, I mean, something, something in there, I'm not believing. And that's what's holding me back, is Mm. my
2: belief. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, you know, Carla, it's very important that no one takes my word for anything. (laughs) Very important, because when we discover things for ourselves, then we have the true knowing of it, versus an intellectual understanding.
4: Well, I I appreciate that. But what helps me is to to do this in a way that I don't have to take what. But, it's the speaking of it that helps me because when it's just in my mind, mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't. Writing also does it. Mm-hmm. Speaking and writing, but when I just think it, it's just not near as helpful. I have to sometimes I'll sit and just write down, write stuff that I'm thinking, but mm-hmm. then I can shift it. Mm-hmm. But thinking it can, does not shift it. I can think and think, think, think for a long time. And it just falls back into the old thinking somehow. I, I never see it happening. But So I'm really grateful that just, just speaking of it because I can listen to me back and uh, and I'll probably get more out of it.
0: I understand. I do. Yep, a lot of people, being able to talk about something helps them to process it, to understand it, to bring it into their awareness. And that's certainly true for me. certainly true for me.
4: Okay, I think I'm complete. I'm not sure. Maybe something else comes up. I'll speak up. It's a hard. It's really, it's really challenging for me right now to to realize that I'm choosing that it's something that I'm choosing probably that's holding me back. So I need to probably forgive myself for that, and maybe that'll help me.
0: Yes, and being willing to not be held back anymore. Because, you know, sometimes there is a very strong fear of the expansion. I I used to feel that so strongly. If I move into expansion, if I move into the unprecedented, will I be experiencing more energy than I can handle? Will I become overwhelmed? Will there be expectations of me that I do not wish to meet so for me one of the things that I talk about in finding freedom is I I talk about how it was a a journey for me of giving my life to God oh I'm giving 70 percent 80 percent 90 percent 95 100 percent have you heard me talk about that
2: Say it again. I was distracted for a second.
0: Sorry. Well, I was saying that there was a journey for me of oh, yeah. giving my whole life to God and really being fully willing. Mm-hmm. And um, what that was really about was it was a journey of self acceptance because I am God. I am an expression of God. So giving my life to God just meant really being my own true self. And I wasn't, when I started out, I wasn't willing to be my true self. I was not willing because I thought I'm going to have to change. I'm going to have to do things differently. What if I feel like having a cigarette? Well, I can't do that if I'm being my true self. What if I feel like... Getting drunk or smoking crack or having sex with a stranger, I won't be able to do that if I'm the living presence of God. So I'm not sure I want to be the living presence of God. Maybe I want to be just a bit ego, 20% ego, just in case I want to do something that's not very saintly. You see what I'm saying? So I talk about these things openly because. To me, it helps people to identify in their own mind, oh, there's resistance, there's reluctance to really living as our true selves because we think we're going to have to give up something that we cherish, like being self-destructive. Now, um, so Mary, there may be like, you know, for some people, illness is a protection, because it could be many different things. Illness could be, for some people, it could be, this is how I get attention. This is how I get people to feel sorry for me. Or, you know, this illness is the attack against my loved ones. Because if I didn't have this illness, my loved ones would leave me. So this is how I manipulate them to stay with me. Uh, this illness could could be uh, my way of playing small. Not much will be expected of me, If I have this illness, so I will never have to shine my gifts and talents because I have this illness. So I'm not going to be asked to do things I don't feel I'm capable of or that I don't wish to do. I'd rather suffer with this illness than have somebody say, Hey, when are you going to rise to your potential? Well, I'm I've got this illness. I can't
3: rise to my potential.
0: And why wouldn't we wish to rise to our potential? Well, because maybe we think we'll never be good enough. Or maybe we think if we did rise to our potential, it wouldn't be as wonderful as we'd like it to be. And we just don't wish to know that we're really not. We don't have much potential. Not that that's true for anyone. But these are the kinds of ego games that we play. You know, I used to have such strong beliefs that I can't be in a relationship with a a sweetheart until I have a certain level of success or certain money, or certain body shape, weight, these different things. There were all these limitations. I I don't want to have a a romantic partner until I have the perfect body. Because if I don't have the perfect body, I won't have the perfect romantic partner. Because the perfect romantic partner won't be attracted to me unless I have the perfect body. Well, but I'm not manifesting the ego's idea of the perfect body, so I must not want a romantic partner. Why wouldn't I want a romantic partner? Well, I don't want anybody to see what a crazy person
3: I am. I don't want anyone
0: to get that close to me. If I have a healing in my body, then I might be more attractive to men.
4: I that, probably, you probably hit upon about 20 things. Yeah. <laughs> with me. Oh my gosh, it feels overwhelming.
0: Exactly. And that's why my method of working is not to unwind all these patterns by figuring them out and understanding them.
4: It's releasing them. And
0: analyzing them. It's exactly just give the effects and the cause to the Holy Spirit for healing and just say this pattern, wherever it came from, whatever it's about, I am interested in healing it. Now, going back to Mary's question, sometimes I have found that it's beneficial to ask the appearance in the body because it's an energetic, what are you about? What have you come to offer me? And I've been amazed at doing that with myself and with other people, that the healing happens instantaneously. Not in every case because not everybody is willing and not everybody is complete with whatever's going on.
2: Yeah, I've I have
4: what I've found when I do that is that whatever however much I'm willing mm-hmm. to do, that's what I'm given. And sometimes it's like it's like you're living in Course in Miracles thing where you didn't realize how many uh how much is gonna be involved in it when you started. Mm-hmm. But then you're led to step by step to do it, and that's just—I guess I'm impatient or something. Well, I'm cool. I—I—I'm—I I, was a little distracted for saying that because I had—I don't know if you saw my post, but I'm like I had this interesting dream last night where it was said something that was kind of read what the one line that really. I really feel like this conversation really is part of
3: that. Can I read it? Yeah. Yeah.
4: It said, and it's very similar to the the Michael Michael thing, and it said, when I, and I I altered it a little bit, so when I want something more than my fear of having it, that I won't be afraid of having it. And I was like, wow. I've been really. <laughs> Does that... I mean, I, I. I'm really grateful for my own teaching, but um, I would. I guess I don't. I don't need your con- ap- You know, your confirmation. But I guess I am asking for it. But I don't know. I don't need it. I don't know. It's confusing.
0: Say it again.
4: Okay, it's not the perfect one. It's, it is have want in it, but it's like when I like something more than my fear of having it, then I won't be afraid of having it. And I, I, was, and I woke up still lying, and that woke me up.
2: hmm hmm
3: the desire overcomes the fear. Right. Mhm. And
2: the
4: fear will melt
2: away. Mhm.
4: Getting there. Yeah. <laughs> so what's the
0: fear about? In any case, the fear of having something you could We can always look at what is that fear about because fear really is caused by our judgments and opinions, which are the mechanism by which we feel separate from God. It is when we value our opinions and judgments more than being in alignment with the truth. So that's why sickness is a defense against the truth. So when we're willing to align with the truth, fear dissolves. And we see that we're worthy of everything. There is no threat to us having anything that we desire.
3: Do you think there's some being mad at God? Absolutely. You know, I just... um...
1: I kind of, uh, I was talking to my therapist about that today and he brought it to my attention. And I just, I guess I didn't really realize that because my form of God is pain and suffering. You know, physical discomfort. And it's been that way for a while. You know, it's kind of moved into the chronic mode.
0: Your form of God?
1: Yeah. You know, the, the God within me, the, the, uh, that's what I was thinking about today. I just um, yeah, I guess I don't I don't know not in the sense that I'm worshiping it, but in the sense that it feels like that's been part of my identity for so long. Mhm. That um I didn't really realize it, but I think I've got some residual, well not residual, but probably um current uh Hatred and anger towards God, and I think that's maybe holding me back from healing the separation, yeah, I guess wanting to be uh separate from God,
0: sure, well, I think mean, of it this way, think of it as you
3: you're walking down the street
0: and you look at anything. You look at somebody, they're throwing trash on the street. And you think, look at that stupid person. They shouldn't be throwing that trash on the street. So you're judging them, you know, and uh, you have these attack thoughts. And by you, I just mean one. One has these attack thoughts about the person who's doing something on the street. Well, that person is someone who's one with you. That person is just as much an expression of God as we are. So if we're thinking someone is stupid or bad or wrong, who are we accusing? We're accusing God. Yeah. And so, yeah, so if we're attacking God by saying, God is stupid, God is bad, God is wrong, as that person, then on a perhaps non-conscious level, we're going to be feel feel terrified of God. And if we blame our suffering on God, like why doesn't God end this suffering? Why? Why would God let me suffer like this? And we think, You know, God is to blame for my suffering. God should have rescued me from myself. Exactly. Right? Right. Yeah, it's very common. And I know for me, myself, I used to behave in a way that was exactly like a child throwing a temper tantrum. So when I was a little kid, If I felt like I was upset and my parents weren't paying attention, they weren't fixing it, they weren't doing what I wanted, I just threw a bigger tantrum. And for a long time, when I was a kid, I would literally, I would be willing to cut off my nose to spite my face in order to say to my parents, You see? You see? You should have done something. You should have helped me. You see, I was willing to hurt myself as an act of revenge on them.
3: I understand. And, yeah, yes.
1: that's, you know, there's so much that I don't know. I I can't really relate to it. It's you know, it doesn't really apply to me. But I I, I get your point. Yeah.
0: And that's what we some of us do with God. Okay, God, you're not going to rescue me from this hell. You don't love me enough. To give me everything I want, or some of the things I want, or to take away my pain and suffering. So, I screw you, God, I'm going to torture myself. And then you'll see, then you'll pay. Through my misery, you will pay and we do that in our family with our family members. Oh, you're not going to love me the way I want you to love me. You're not going to behave the way I want you to behave towards me or around me. Fine. Then I'm going to be miserable as a way of punishing you. Very
3: common. Very common. I used to I used to do these things. I used to
0: think this way
1: so how do we if we identify some of that in ourselves how do we get reconnected with the i mean i know that we go within and we invite the holy spirit and when we keep doing this stuff and nothing's happening i mean we reboot our faith and uh you know release the doubt and it just seems
0: like it's it's really about becoming more and more vigilant in in the willingness, so can you identify, for instance, any time recently when you gave yourself permission to judge, attack, or criticize?
1: Yeah, probably today I was doing
4: that to myself. Yeah, there you go. Only, only about five minutes here.
2: Exactly.
0: <laughs> there you go. So rather than, you know, blame yourself and say, "Oh, I'm a stupid moron" or whatever any of that, just when don't give yourself that permission anymore. Because we all know when we're giving ourselves permission. Cuz there's a difference. There's a difference between giving ourselves permission to judge, attack, criticize, to withhold love, to blame and to shame. And there's a difference between that doing that giving ourselves permission and oh this is habitual over here like oh I didn't even realize there I fell into the judgment the blame and the shame so there's a difference right between giving yourself permission to attack and then or sometimes you just realize oh my god I've been in attack thoughts for half an hour yeah, right?
1: sometimes you're you're temporarily unconscious, but if you think about it, you remind yourself like Mora and I were talking about today, reminding yourself constantly to go within and constantly asking for the Holy Spirit self to help you. That's then right. we become aware. Yeah. So yeah, I think there's some uh, it, it, there could be some innocence as far as forgetting, you know, and then you can recall it, and then you know work on the forgiveness then or
0: yeah exactly so when it's those habitual patterns it's actually unwillingness is my experience of it however the more willing I became the more all the attack patterns became noticeable to me
1: yeah well they're pretty noticeable Carla probably agrees I mean it's pretty noticeable um, you know after practicing this for you know a year since Masterful Living, a year and four or five months, you know. So, yeah, it's, I mean, I'm aware of it.
0: And still, how often, you know, does it happen that you consciously say, I'm going to attack this person with my judgments? I'm going to give myself permission now to whine, to complain, to criticize, to blame.
4: You know, yeah, I wanted to say too often, but you know what? That there is a judgment too, right? <laughs>
0: well, it's, it, here's the thing. It's like you can't be a little bit pregnant. So either we do it or we don't do it. Mm-hmm. Because I remember so clearly getting together with my prayer partners, okay? And we would we would literally say to each other, okay, I know, I know that we're not supposed to gossip because it's not very spiritual, but I just got to tell you the story. Oh. It's unbelievable. Let me just tell you the story. And we would be gossiping about people that we knew at church, not that it made any difference whether we were gossiping about people in on in movie stars or people that were our next door neighbors or people at church, what difference does it make? What was our intention? Our intention was to separate ourselves from them and delight in their the permutations of their life and judge them for it. And delight in our judgment. Saying that's not me, that's them. These are the crazy people. These are the stupid people. These are the people that act this way, which I'm not one
3: of them. So
0: then I developed a willingness where I I didn't want to do that anymore. And it was completely unappealing. And so I just stopped doing it. It's like I quit smoking. The first time, it was really hard. I quit smoking the second time. It was really hard. Not as hard as the first time, but it was still really hard. And then I quit smoking again, and it was a a non-event. I was just like, oh, yeah, I don't want to smoke anymore. There was no, oh, I have cravings. There were no cravings. I was done. It was a non-event.
3: What's the difference? My mind. That's the only difference.
0: The all attachments in the mind, all craving is in the mind, and so it's it's really about getting to this supreme willingness. And so that's why we focus so much in Masterful Living on cultivating that willingness, and really looking at what does our willingness bring us, what does our lack of willingness bring us. Because if you, any but one of us, if we look at our life right now, we look at all the situations and circumstances of our life, our relationships, our finances, our body, our home, our work, every part of our life is a manifestation of our beliefs. And our, which are also a manifestation of our karma. And every single part of our life is perfectly designed to support us in healing that karma and realizing the power of our mind. So if we just focus entirely on being willing to see the truth, to know the truth, because it sets us free. So I I don't know what anything is for, but I'd like to. What's the pain for? What's what's the breakup in the relationship for? What's the bad sex for? What's this for? What's it all for? This irritation or frustration that I feel, what's it for? What's the shame for? And when we move into that mindset, it helps us to disidentify with it and to identify with the higher self, the holy self, the I am presence, because the I am knows exactly what everything is for. Exactly. To a pinpoint. So one of the things (coughs) that I learned in my own practice is i can't actually say that i
3: don't know anymore
0: because if i open my mind if i'm willing to know i will know i just watched an interesting movie which it uh it has a lot of violence in it so it's not going to be for everyone but it's the Luc Besson movie uh, Lucy. Has anybody seen that movie?
4: Yeah, it's about the person that uses more and more of her mind.
0: Uh huh. She start, she moves into one hundred percent use of her brain.
2: Right. Mm-hmm.
0: It's like I said. It's got. It's definitely got graphic violence in it. Mm-hmm. Um. But it's, it's interesting, isn't it, Carla? Yeah, it
4: was, uh, it was, what's, what was interesting to me was it really once, once it started, it's like she couldn't stop. It just grew and grew and just became more stronger. And so Mm -hmm. it's actually a felt it was a really a description of our my life, you know once I started <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> it just grows and grows. I don't really i sometimes I think I don't put much energy into it, mm-hmm. and I'm still amazed at how it's growing without me really
2: really. Doing a lot.
3: hmm Amazing. Mm-hmm. So, but to me that's what touched in me. Yeah. Yeah, you can't um you can't unawaken. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, we're yeah, we're on a path where you can you can put the brakes on. Mm-hmm. You can put the brakes on. Do plenty of things. Yeah, you can't exactly. <laughs> but you can't go back. Yeah. You can't go back. Yeah. Um and just for anybody who's interested, Luc Besson, the he's a French director, one of his famous movies was The Professional. Oh I
4: like that one too.
0: Yeah, it's a very intense action movie. Um, so he 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 makes action movies. What the, uh, uh, the movie is called? Lucy.
1: Oh, oh, we're still talking about Lucy. Okay.
0: Yeah, but I was okay. just giving because some people might be familiar with some of uh, Besson's movies. Another one was um, what's it called? Um, the Fifth Element. It's one of his
4: <sighs> most popular <laughs> films.
0: Mm-hmm. You like that one too, Carla?
4: Not as much as the other two. i yeah. I'm just surprised I recognized them. So I didn't yeah. even know who did it. There
0: There was also um, The Big Blue and uh, La Femme Nikita. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, he's from that uh, French school. Um, huge, you know, it's a lot of action and um kind of high concept but um it uh, this one is like uh, carla and i were saying is about this woman who under some very interesting experiences or circumstances she begins to access more and more of her brain and um it's i i think it's unique and uh in terms of the points that it makes and um so but if if you don't have a capacity to see violence in movies then you you wouldn't like it because there's some there's a lot of violence in it and um you know david hoffmeister one time (coughs) he went to see we were um uh hanging out in Hawaii together and he went to see a uh, zombie movie or something like that and I said yeah I'm not really into the, like those kinds of movies those violent movies and he kind of shrugged his shoulders and said if you don't judge it there's no it doesn't bother you and I thought you know what I think that's true
4: so good practice a uh, good thing to practice
0: huh yeah so I'm Working on getting, letting go of my judgments of, um, violence in movies. A, at the mm-hmm. same time, I, um, I don't enjoy having, uh, <sighs> um,
3: violent images <clears throat> as memories in my mind. So, there we go. Well, anything else before we close out? I just, I just want to say um,
4: that I, I, I appreciate the reminder for all the questions that you mentioned earlier to ask yourself because um, I think that that's important to me because that's when I get my answers but sometimes I do a break thing and forget that so I'm, I'm grateful for the reminder.
2: Mm.
3: Yeah, I understand. Jennifer, this is Chris. Can you hear me?
0: Hey, Chris.
4: Um, You asked if there was anything else. I Came in real late. You can probably <laughs> because I just woke up from a nightmare. Anyway, so you said you use the brain.
3: Mm-hmm. You're talking the brain versus the mind. Yes.
4: Okay. And so, since I haven't seen the movie, are you saying that using more of the more of the brain is negative?
3: No. Or I didn't hear you. No. Is that a yes or no? No. No. Okay. Um, I, I,
4: you know, know that the brain and the mind are different. Right. Uh, But I'm, you know, I'm kind of, (laughs) that it's kind of mushy in my being able to distinguish brain and mind. Mhm, some um,
0: well, the brain is the organ that seems to run our body and mm-hmm. seems to contain our memories and things like that, although science has proven that our mind is not in our brain.
3: The way I remember it is brain is physical, mind is spiritual.
0: Mhm. So in this movie, Lucy, which is a fictional story, it's about a woman who through a series of events begins to use more and more of her brain's capacity. So human beings use about 10% of their brain capacity on average. And she starts to use twice that and three times that until she gets up to 100%. And so it's fiction, but it's it's interesting because, you know, movies like this are the way that the Holy Spirit is speaking to us. Movies like The Matrix are telling us, hey, this is another way for you to look at things. You know, there's movies were invented at a time when our mind was opening up more and more we started to have more free time because of the industrial revolution and the printing press and these things and now you know, we have machines to to cook our food and wash our clothes and, and take us from place to place. And pretty soon we're going to have cars that we don't even have to drive. We can just program it and it'll take us where we'd like to go. And then we can use that time, just like on a subway or a train, we'll be able to use that time to do something else.
2: <laughs>
0: All right. I think we've covered quite a lot today and, and very little of what I had intended. <laughs> but it's all good. You know, it's the Holy Spirit's curriculum and, and, um, I love that about Masterful Living is we're having an organic healing experience and we're doing it together and each person's inquiry serves the group so thank you Mary and what I would say is for me I, I, I we could talk more about this in another class but in terms of healing one of the ways that I work with healing prayers for people is I see them as perfect beings of light okay and I I started doing that before I read A Course in Miracles before I read The Seven Sacred Flames. Now, in Chapter 15, The Holy Instant, Section 9, Paragraph 1, it says, As the ego would limit your perception of your brothers to the body, so would the Holy Spirit release your vision and let you see the great rays shining from them so unlimited that they reach to God it is this shift to vision that is accomplished in the holy instant yet it is needful for you to learn just what this shift entails so you will become willing to make it permanent given this willingness it will not leave you for it, it is permanent Once you've accepted it as the only perception you want, it is translated into knowledge by the part that God himself plays in the atonement. For it is the only step in it he understands. Therefore, in this, there will be no delay when you are ready for it. God is ready now, but you are not. So I would invite you all to read that section, the holy instant, section nine, the holy instant. Uh, do in you have a chapter, page? Number? Um I can look it up for you as a page number. Um
1: well if you just it's chapter nine?
0: Chapter fifteen, section nine.
1: Okay. Fifteen nine.
0: Yeah. All right, that's okay, I can find it. Yeah, I was using my app right there. Is that the app
1: you designed? Yeah. <laughs> I gotta I gotta get a phone.
0: <laughs> well, I was actually using it on the iPad. So Cool. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So sometimes I use my books, sometimes I use the iPad. I use them for different different purposes. And anyway. So let's let's pray here. Oh, let's take that breath of love and gratitude and be so grateful and so thankful that we're choosing our liberation and we're sharing the benefits with everyone. We call upon the higher Holy Spirit self, the I am that I am, and we're grateful and thankful to allow our healing, to accept our healing. We let it be. We are grateful and thankful to choose the healing right now healing every discordant thought, every belief in separation back to the root source so that we never experience it again. So grateful and so thankful that we are choosing our healing. We're sharing the benefits with everyone and we let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 Thank you, everybody. Great class. Mm -hmm. I love you. Great class. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Uh Mara. And may you have sweet dreams from now on, Chris. Hi, Nancy. Bye,
1: Nancy.
2: (laughs) 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 Hello, and goodbye. Bye-bye.
0: You say goodbye and I say hello.